This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Commercial with a state podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Commercial Real Estate Podcast. I'm Corey Wright. Hey, and I'm Adam Scalina, your sometimes host at Corey. Yes, man, sir. Man, you look like a million bucks. You're, uh, I, you got... I, feel like, I feel like about 300, to be honest with you. Really? Well, about 300 bucks, not a million, 300 bucks. You're in a three-piece suit. I'm uh, in a garbage bag. Well, I knew I hadn't seen you in a while, right? So yeah. that's why I put on the nice duds You put on Givenchy, I put on Garbage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this this is, is how it, this is the relationship. Um, anyways, we've got a fantastic show today. We do. Uh, lots of people have reached out to us said, what's going on with these interest rates? Right. So anytime it comes to mortgages, interest rates, anything like that, we go to the source. Al over at Impact Commercial joins us today to talk about what happened earlier this month, what happened this, what happened these past couple of days down south, Right. what's going to happen next month with the Fed meeting in the BOC. So he's going to kind of unpack all that stuff to give us some guidance here of where are we going and when does it stop? Right. When does this stop? Well, so, yeah, this is coming on the heels of yesterday's yeah. announcement of a 0.75 increase yep. uh, coming out of the, the U.S. Man, I I feel like the, the tone, at least in the residential market, has kind of shifted since yesterday. I feel like people are, are kind of pulling back and wondering what's going to happen. We were just talking, it sounds like you're really busy right now in commercial. We are extremely busy right now. But again, it, it's asset focused and right. it's market focused. And in commercial, the lending, which Pete, we had Pete Leung on last week, talks all about the different requirements to buy commercial versus right. buying a house. A house, they care who Adam is and how much Adam makes. Commercial, they don't really care who you are. They're like, hey, how much does Starbucks pay you? Right. right? So you have different lending criteria. You're not stress test like you are in yep. uh, that. So different requirements and different assets. Some assets are up, some assets are down. So things kind of keep going there. And I think also you have big institutionals and REITs and all these type of guys that will come in with cash. Sure to buy large scale assets and those, you know, those things got to move. And right now there's potentially arguably some discounts in the marketplace with guys that have to move product. And that's not money that sits on the sidelines. No, because even during this inflation, that money's devaluing itself on a daily basis sitting sure. in the account. So they've got to get it placed and you've got funds that have money that have to get placed. So on that aspect, things are still moving, but again, it's, it's specific products moving things that isn't as desirable. That's you know really, really expensive, not worth what it is. Yep. It just sits. So interesting. So I'm I'm actually really curious. We haven't talked to Al yet today, but I want to know first of all, of course, what his thoughts are about what's going to happen with yep. uh, with interest rates and how long we're going to be in this situation. But also, what is the strategy right now if you're going to to get financing? Like, how do you set it up, and what and how is he setting up deals right now? Yeah, well, I think you know we, we talked a little bit on the show about loan to value yeah. and how that dramatically is impacted. Then that's pretty much your down payment versus your loan for the listeners. So guys that are buying stuff have to have much more capital available to them sure. to buy the same asset. And when we talked about multifamily, which probably had the lowest cap rate, you know, going back to the peak of the COVID market, you were probably seeing things done like mid twos. Those same things are now probably to say at mid threes on the cap rate side, but are still probably 50, 60% loan to value. So you're still putting down 50 or 40, 60% to get 
the deal's done. Right. Right. So although sometimes CHMC can give you 10-year amortizations and there's ways to get creative with it, it's still a lot more money out of pocket to do it. And when you look at the multifamily asset class, which doesn't have triple net rents attached to it, you've got garbage is going up, water is going up, insurance is going up, property taxes. So that really hits home when you're doing in a gross rent type of situation that all that compounded there, that's an asset class that's definitely slowed down versus is, like is industrial. Is that safe to say that's the market that's getting hammered right 100%. now? 100%. So the multifamily market's probably taken the biggest brunt so far. Right. Probably shortly followed by development land. Yep. Because development land, typically there's not a lot of money to debt service. So you're putting down a you know, gigantous amount to make it happen. Sure. Um, you know, office is hit or miss depending on the market. Retail seems like it's been doing fairly steady and industrials obviously leading the pack still, but leading the pack still now is slower than leading the pack this time last year. So people looking to time in those specific industries yeah. is now the time, or do you think that there's, there's a wait period here? If you have funds available to you yes, and you can, you know, put down the 50 or 60% in some situations to do it, you might get stuff at a discount. And you I mean to make the numbers really jive properly, sometimes you pay a little bit less for a product, but you pay more in interest and the numbers don't really balance. So, but if you've got the available funds to you and you can go in there and you can get a large down payment on a property, which is going to reduce the interest you're going to pay on the mortgage that you're taking out, uh, you pencil that out, say for a year or two years, interest rates come off, you refi at that time, you get back into those low interest rates, you lock in for five and you pencil out five to 10 years on the asset. You could argue it's a pretty good time to get into the marketplace if you have the additional capital available to you. Right. You heard it here first. Without further ado, why don't we cut to our conversation with Al? Enjoy, guys. This podcast is presented by Impact Commercial. Impact Commercial. John, Al, and the team over there are fantastic. They've been, all been on the show. They have, yeah. Friends of the show. Great guys. Wealth of experience. They can help with all your commercial financing needs. Whether it's owner-occupiers, land development funds, commercial investments, or multifamily, these guys got you covered. And they recently obtained their CMHC correspondent lender status. So for all your commercial lending needs, visit them at impactcommercial.ca. That's impactcommercial.ca. Okay, so we're here with Alan Haig. He is the managing partner at Impact Commercial. How you doing, Al? I am doing beautiful, guys. Look at the weather outside. Can't complain uh, with uh, you know late September sunshine. It seems kind of it's almost eerie how like warm it is. It's beautiful for this time of year. Well, I feel like we're making it up considering we had uh, that crappy spring. So it's, right. uh, you know, that, that, that's what we're looking for. So Al, um, for our listeners that a lot of our listeners know who you are, but uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh, uh, a little bit about myself. Well, uh, managing partner of Impact Commercial, uh, love playing hockey, got, uh, you know, uh, you know, three kids. Uh, work with uh, you guys uh, all the time. Uh, and you know what? We're just looking at Impact to help our clients out. Consider ourselves a little niche uh, commercial mortgage shop that helps people with their debt solutions. So Al, we are a podcast of the people. Yes. And our, our good friends at the BOC last month decided they're going to raise rates. Our friends down south yesterday thought, okay, let's do this again. High probability is going to happen again in October. The people have reached out and they've said, what is going on with interest rates? Where is Impact Commercial on the podcast? So because we're a podcast of the people, we called you, <laughs> we got to bring you on and we need to find out what is going on and when does this end? 
All right. Well, I'm going to give you guys some uh, some sort of on the street sort of uh, knowledge. I am for sure not an economist. You can uh, you know bring up uh, you know the I think it's Doug Porter. You can bring up all these other guys that they'll sort of go through the numbers of everything. What we kind of like to think of ourselves here is just we 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 take all these little data points, right? And we take all this sort of these market movements and. We like to sort of think that we are a little bit, uh, you know, we're, we're in the market as the market happens. We're not looking back, you know, 30 days and 60 days with data. We're kind of, we're, we're in the data right now. And so it's a great question. Where are these interest rates going to go? What I can tell you is, man, oh, man, you know, I remember earlier on this year, we're a five-year fixed rate mortgage. We were doing 3%. And it's September and we're getting quotes easily in the 6 to 7% interest rate for the same mortgage. So it's just been a sea change. The unpredictability and the, the speed at which interest rates have, uh, have, have, have increased has just been unbelievable, guys. And I think you're starting to see that you know, on, uh, you know, on, the, on the real estate side of things, like from the, the realtor's perspective. So I just want to sort of start with that. Like it's, uh, you know, that's what we are seeing. Maybe you guys can tell me a little bit, like before I kind of drone on into more of the, you know, the specific interest rate stuff, but like, it's, you know, what are you guys seeing, you know, on the, the real estate side? Well, I think, I think Adam hasn't seen anything for a while. So. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm coming live from, uh, I'm in Miami right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm on forest retirement. No, I, I think, um, I think, I think um, residential has, uh, has softened quite a bit. Uh, absolutely, and affordability. But what I would say is actually, I've, I've I, a few of my listings sold in the past two weeks, and I would say that the buyers that are out are very, very serious. So you're not getting 30, 40 people through an open house, but you're getting three to five, and they're all ready to purchase. And we're seeing this, I mean, obviously the, the loan to value have changed dramatically, and maybe you, you can touch a little bit about that from a, a refresher for our listeners, but loan to values have changed dramatically. On the commercial side, where guys are having to put a lot more cash and equity into the properties, but the same point in time where it's market specific, it's asset specific, good product is still selling, and we still have yeah. a lack of inventory across the board. So, and that's what's happening. Residential, yeah. the inventory is still very low, and the tier one properties are still moving. We're seeing the same thing. But, but Al, are are you like so? Is your volume down in terms of how many uh, people are reaching out, or how many how many deals you're processing? You know what? What I would say is no. The volume is not down, but the like uh, Corey was mentioning is like the the you know what we're doing is changing. You know, we, we're still doing a lot of multifamily, still doing a lot of industrial because those are the two you know probably uh, you know strongest of asset classes. What we're not necessarily doing is construction, right? Like it's yeah. just like we you know construction is one of my specialties where I do you know a lot of it. But when you look at you know uh, interest rates, like the cost of financing. You know, uh, you know, the construction of a property has tripled effectively in the last year. Tough to build that into pro formas when you're trying to be a developer to, to do their stuff. You know, everybody's seen inflation and, and, you know, supply chain issues. And you see the, you know, increases in the hard costs of, of doing any kind of construction. Uh, you know, whether it's a single family home, you know, whether it is, you know, a large condo building, right? They, they are up 15 to 20 percent in a very short period of time. And it's tough to, you know, for, for a lot of the developers out there to actually go, okay, yeah, this is, it's feasible to enter into a, you know, a five-year project from start to finish with such unpredictability in, in uh, you know, it, you know with, with financing costs. 
hard costs and, and things like that. So, you know, the construction side of things is, has really taken it on the chin. And, and you can see that with a lot of the projects sort of, you know, stalling right now uh, or being pushed off to next year. And, and you know, construction has certainly slowed. You know, the, the investment property purchases, like, uh, I, again, in the past, like I'm going to reference, uh, you know, a, a caller that was, you know, from, from years past. And we've done a couple of deals with them. And, you know, we were able to do a nice little industrial purchase up in uh, Kelowna. Uh, when interest rates were 3%, and you know what, we got 75% leverage with it. Nowadays, that, that purchase is, you know what, we'd be lucky to get 45% leverage on that. So people are just having to put a lot more down on those investment purchases. Uh, and it just, you know, people are just taking a pause on that one there. It's like, you know, do you want to tie up that much, uh, that much equity into the, uh, the, the property at that time? So we are seeing investment sales, you know, sort of uh, slow down. Now, Al, can you talk a little bit about that on the the loan to value aspect for the listeners there? So, so if I'm buying a property, let's say hypothetically, we'll make numbers real easy. We'll say it's a ten million dollar property, which is probably more like Adam buying it, not me. But let's say it's a ten million. <laughs> yeah, Adam owns real estate in Kelowna, so he's loaded. Um, okay, okay. So let's say I'm buying a ten million dollar property, and it's got a five cap rate attached to it, and uh, my interest rate's 3%. And let's take that same scenario and say my interest rate is 6%. How does my down payment change in that scenario? Okay. So where we end up doing with this is that you have different variables within the, uh, you know, sort of the, the calculation of what kind of mortgage amount uh, you can get on a property. Now, one big difference between commercial real estate and residential real estate is that on commercial real estate is that it's the income of the property that, you know, provides support for the mortgage payments. Okay. And so when you're at a, say that a $10 million purchase is like at a five cap, that would end up being a $500,000 income for that property. And so that $500,000 income can support, you know, mortgage uh, payments of annual basis of like 400000 uh, you know, $400,000 worth of mortgage basis. The issue is, is that at the, when you're buying at a five cap and your interest rate is three, you have a 2% spread, right? So your, your yield is that much higher than your borrowing rate. And that allows you to have a higher loan to value because your amount that's going to, the amount of your income going to interest and principal payments is a lot lower. If you invert that and you go from, you know, uh, an interest rate of 3% to an interest rate of 6% and your cap rate is 5%, you have that inversion, which is always at an issue. That just means that all things being equal is the mortgage amount that you qualify will be less because more of that income that you have goes to support the mortgage payment. That's just the, the crux of where it is. So in the past, at 3% interest rate, we could do a 75% leverage. Now we're lucky to get to the 45%, 50% leverage. And that's what's causing the slowdown and all that stuff. So essentially, is my down payment is growing from potentially 25% down on a 75% loan to value to 50 or even 60% down to buy that same asset if my, my loan to value falls to 50 or 40%. That is correct. And so that's why you see a little bit of a slowdown in that aspect uh, there. But that is just one element of like the investment decision for, say, commercial real estate. And one of these things, and, and you guys will rightly uh, you know, is that like, listen, like, we're a collector of data points. So obviously one of these data points is how much equity that you have to put down. Another kind of data point that we always have to talk about is, you know what, what is the type of, what's the best type of asset that does well with in an inflationary market? And it's 
you know, largely it's economics, man. They aren't making any more dirt. They're not making any more land, generally speaking. And so commercial real estate, even if you've got to put more down on it, is that it is still one of the best options as a hedge against, you know, higher inflation. So, you know, our most successful clients, they are strategically still buying, uh, you know, good properties. Even if they got to put more down, that's just okay because they know that they're going to come out of it much better off, uh, you know, in the 10, 20 years if you've got that timeline uh, for your investment profile. And pretty much all of our, you know, clients, uh, you know, if you're investing in commercial real estate, that is the sort of the minimum, you know, expectation is what is our 10, 20 year, you know, time horizon. So that's what we're, we're seeing is, uh, you know, you got the countering of the, you know, increase in interest rates by just understanding the, the strength, the absolute strength of what commercial real estate uh, offers uh, for an investment portfolio. The rate increase, has it changed how you're structuring deals or the advice that you're giving potential purchasers? 100%. So what we are seeing is a lot more alternative financing. And so in alternative financing is not, uh, you know, it's not that, you know, historical sort of B uh, connotation on the negative side is alternative financing is uh, usually just smart lenders. They're not your schedule one banks that have to all that regulatory requirement. They're just smart capital groups that realize, you know what, the property is a great property. The income is going to get adjusted. You know, these higher interest rates are only going to be temporary. And so they'll lend out a little bit more on, you know, what is the equity of the property? What is the covenant of the borrower? Like, who are they dealing with? And we are able to get some, you know, relatively attractive still. They're not cheap, but they're attractive, uh, you know, financing options that can get us one, two years uh, worth of what we would call that bridge financing. So we're still doing a lot of those things there. There's a lot more opportunities coming up. We are recommending all of our clients go into either, you know, a shorter term variable a one or a two year maximum term. And that is because like with these interest rates increasing is that we are seeing, you know, some, some cracks, uh, you know, demand is starting to go down. Some of these ba- bigger banks are now forecasting a decrease in the policy rate mid 2023. And if there's a decrease in the policy rate there, we're going to start seeing that uh, interest rates may drop next year. So if we, we are uh, under the understanding that interest rates may drop next year is like, why go long? Why go into a five-year commitment at six or 7% when, you know, you just pay a little higher right now, get that variable and then lock in next year at hopefully something that, you know, maybe starts with a 4%. So now, Al, are you seeing, are the banks changing any of their lending requirements heading into this as rates are rising at the way they are and inflation is? Have the banks changed any of their criteria that now people are having to meet? So, you know, as a safety net for the bank? Absolutely. Now, and, and it's not just the banks, guys. Like, uh, you know, the, the regulatory environment, which, you know, is designed to protect the system, is designed to protect the consumer, uh, has really, you know, amped up over the last little bit. And so, you know, it's the regulators are coming into it and they're saying, hey, guys, it's like, you need to start stress testing your portfolio. So, you know, if your interest rates are 6% right now, well, what happens in the worst case scenario if the interest rates go up to 9% or 10%? Like, wh- how are you going to handle that? So what they are doing is like they are now taking a peek at when they are looking at your mortgage is like they're looking at your mortgage with the current rate right now, but they're also factoring in the theoretical possibility of higher interest rates and what that will do with their uh, to your payments. 
So that is seeing some lower leverage that happens on on your properties because they're just like they're they're just not they have to plan for their downside. Again, they have a you know a you know they, their their focus with their regulators is to ensure that no systemic risk gets into you know the economy. And banks are like well you know they are systemically important. So it, it, we completely understand it. It puts a little bit of a pinch on you know our borrowers, but that is just you know. Uh, you know, that's part of the business. So we accept that. We understand it. We talk to our clients, work them through that. And at this stage here, it just really means you just got to put more equity into it. And that's just, the, that's what the Bank of Canada wants. You know, they, they you know, they are tightening, tightening the, uh, the interest rates to temper demand, temper inflation. So we don't have, you know, the, the other risk, which is we have all these bubbles that start forming in assets and nobody wants a bubble to burst. So that's that's exactly why they're hitting uh, you know inflation so hard with higher interest rates. So I'm going to ask you to grab your impact commercial crystal ball here that you use. We saw a 75 basis point hike by the BOC last month. We saw our neighbors to the south they they repeated that with another 75 basis points down south. We have a a, a meeting coming up October 26th. What is the anticipation of that meeting if regards to rates you know hold? Do they increase? How much do they increase? And assuming they do, is that the last one f- before they review and hold? Or are we looking at more rate increases next year? What are your thoughts on that? Uh, my thoughts are, I think we're going to have another 50 basis point increase uh, at the next meeting. The Fed came out again uh, yesterday, as you were mentioning, with 75 basis points. Their tone is incredibly hawkish. We, you know, I, I will admit, I personally thought that we would see inflation cool down a little bit more so than, you know, than what we've seen so far. I think that, you know, if they were to only do 25 basis points, this next one here is that they might uh, look like that as a, uh, an under. And so I guess my, my calls are, is I think it's going to be the next meeting is going to be 50 basis points. The meeting after that, 25 basis points. And then I think we're going to be in a little bit of a holding pattern. So in total, I think we've got 75 basis points, maybe 1% further increase uh, in, uh, in interest rates. And that is, you know, that, that is before what we think could be, you know, the start of a recession next year. And, you know, what, when, when, you, you, when we're looking at it on our side, it's like we, we do see, and everybody's, there's so much noise out there, but at the end of the day, it's like we do look at the yield curve. And for those of you who are uh, sort of new to yield curves. It's, it's really a ratio between a two-year bond rate and a 10-year bond rate and, and taking the, the difference. And so a normal yield curve is positively sloped where, you know, what a two-year rate is at X and a 10-year rate should all things being equal should be higher, right? Like it's a, it's a steeper, you know, steep curve. Um, right now we have uh, short-term rates high and long-term rates low, which is a leading, uh, you know, indicator of a recession. And so, you know, the smart money is always on the bond market. The bond market is, you know, trillions upon trillions of dollars. And they are predicting, uh, you know, economic growth, uh, you know, much lower in years uh, three to 10 than it is one to two. So, you know, what we're kind of coming into it is uh, there's going to be this increase, the few, but likely the policy is going, policy rates are going to go too high. Demand is going to start to erode and we'll be in a recession, which would, all things being equal, force a reduction in your interest rate, you know, mid part of next year. Okay, so the prediction then, just to be clear, is by middle of next year, there's a, a strong possibility that rates are coming down. Yes. And prior to that, all landlords may or may not be able to collect their rent. 
Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I, I, to be honest with you, is that there is no delinquency race, uh, you know, rates of any concern out there. Tenants are always paying uh, their, uh, their rent because there's nowhere else for them to go. Uh, oh, you know, what it is is that, you know, the, the tenants just have much higher borrowing costs. And, you know, when their mortgages come up for renewal, that's when they're going to get hit. So, you know, as you're seeing on, on the residential side, you know, you're seeing interest rates it's a little bit more pronounced there because interest rates you could get 1.5% three years ago. Now it's 5%. So, you know, those, those uh, anybody coming up with renewals is in a little bit of a, you know, a hard, uh, hard slog for that um, because interest rates have gone up. Like I myself, I've just signed off a, uh, you know, commitment letter for 5.9% on, uh, you know, one of my things. And it's, you know, I thought that was actually a great deal. Uh, it's for one year and it looks, it looks very promising, but others are, are going to be a little bit less fortunate. And, uh, you know, that's just, you just, again, you just have to have cash flow and financial robustness that, you know, you can deal with these higher interest rates, uh, albeit on a temporary basis. Cause I think things will work their way out of the system next year. So Al, I, I don't want to put you on the spot, but we also like to talk to you because you're a real estate investor and a commercial real estate investor. Do you have an area you're really excited about or what are you kind of looking at right now as an opportunity? Well, I think the, uh, 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 again, I don't, I don't have the, uh, the, uh, the resources of you guys. So, you know, and I've got my uh, little thing and what we end up trying to do is we try to, we've always focused on two different, uh, you know, areas for us to, to expand on. And one is the interior of BC and, and we're very uh, positive from, you know, Penticton to Kelowna to Vernon, like, it is, it's amazing every time I go up there, which is usually once a month, once every six weeks. And it's just like, you know, the, the, the vibrancy, you know, the educational system there, like UBC Okanagan opening up, you know, the, uh, you know, the hospital expansion, like it is really becoming self-sufficient. There's gone are the days that Kelowna is a boom bust type of uh, town. Gone are the days that it was, you know, heavily dependent on, you know, Alberta oil money going into it. It is, you know, uh, you know, I look at it, it's got 20 years of runway and, you know, it's a great place. You know, the other place that I look at is, uh, you know, the, you know, Eastern uh, Fraser Valley. So, you know, I, I love the Langley, love the Abbotsford, love the mission, you know, you know, areas there. And, and, and the reality of it is, is people, you know, in Canada, they still want, uh, you know, still want their, you know, their, you know, their house with the white picket fence out there. It's much more realistic, you know, industry like businesses, they want, you know, they need like, say, 40,000 square feet of a warehouse. Like, you can't get that in Vancouver. You know, you can't get it in Burnaby, right? You, you get it out there in the Fraser Valley. So more businesses are relocating up there. You know, more families, it's more affordable out there. So we just like some of those trends that, you know, it, it just it, it, it just sort of all the data points come together and it just says, hey, man, you got a great life, uh, you know, more vibrant industry out there to support employees. Like, it's, it's like, a, we, that, those are the two areas. But those are just my areas that I focus on. Other areas that we really love are just like the uh, the Capital Regional District down in uh, you know in Victoria. Like it's, it's fantastic. Colwood, Langford, they're all exploding. You know, other areas like Kamloops uh, has seen a nice nice boost. So you know we're we're very lucky in in BC that we have you know you know multiple markets that are actually really really good. So it's uh, again my, my stuff is we just pick two and you know that's that's uh, that's where we want to be. So I'd be curious to expand on that because obviously from a, a mortgage broker side of things, you guys are seeing deals coming from brokers, private clients and that probably all over the province. Have you seen an uptick in any particular area? Let's say over the past three or four months, as interest rates rise, have you seen more deals 
come across your desk for financing, say, in Victoria versus what you would have seen prior to these major increases in, uh, in interest rates? You know, to be honest with you, not really. You know, you know, everything has been hopping. I would say our three busiest areas are the Lower Mainland, Kelowna, and uh, and Victoria, the Capital Regional District. All of them have been have have, have exerted strength. Uh, so I can't really say that either. Any one of them has you know sort of exceeded past levels uh, or under exceeded past levels. It's it's there. Everybody you know is pretty much uh, chugging along. I would say, you know, I think more people are looking or increasing to look at other areas outside of, uh, you know, Vancouver and the lower mainland. You know, more people are, are asking me, hey, you know, what about Kelowna? What about Kamloops? What about Victoria? Like there, uh, there's, there's just more of those, more people asking and inquiring on, I would say, outside of the lower mainland. So which is, which is good. So what's next? So we have interest rates that are rising. The deal flow is still there. It is pocket market driven, quality over quantity on things. Where are we sitting Q1 of next year? Has that demand, based on what you guys have seen, dry up and everyone's sitting there twiddling their thumbs waiting for this to end? Or do we continue to kind of chug along, maybe a little bit of a slower pace and again, more quality over quantity type transactions? Yeah, Um, I think you're exactly right. I think it's going to be a slower pace for the next sort of three, four months. I think February, March is where things are going to start to be. uh, I think we're going to start to see some deal flow more so in February, March. And the reason being is like right now, a lot of people are in a wait and see approach here, just trying to just, you know, push everything down a month, push everything two months, see where it goes. No, you know, the the desire to buy unless, uh, you know, has, has waned a little bit. We also know it's like one of those aspects is like there's there's a lot a lot of people have speculated on land in in, in the lower mainland and you know it's 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 these times of the market that the land speculators kind of get pinched right like if you're not earning anything uh, you know from the land and your mortgage comes up you know and you know land financing isn't as easy you know those people are going to have to liquidate you know willingly or unwillingly they're going to have to liquidate. And and we sort of feel like there's this you know pressure building up in in a, in a you know it won't be until after you know January but you know a lot of stuff happens in February now uh, you know the spring starts in February and I think there's going to be more deals and as soon as somebody you know uh, reprices uh, something on the land side because the land starts everything as soon as the repricing happens on the land is you're going to start seeing a lot more deals uh, come on board. And I see, uh, you know, a lot of the larger institutions, especially the developers, starting to to look at uh, more closely some of the, you know, the land deals and and, and you know those five or five uh, year long investments, you know, coming up next year. I know certainly I'm looking at that stuff, uh, you know, waiting for February just to see where it ends up being. Now I could be wrong, you know, with all this stuff here. So this is just one one guy's opinion of trying to put the data points together, trying to support their clients, uh, you know, trying to support my clients and give them, you know, educated advice or you know, just, again, just just trying to add value. And so this is again, this is just one guy's. I'm not an economist, but we, you know, we do try to, you know, be more than just a, you know, a regular brokerage. Is we try to give some additional information, some advice, some recommendations. So. You know, we, we have to at least have an opinion and, you know, this is what you guys are getting. So Al, while you still have your um, impact commercial crystal ball out, what will be the most resilient asset class, do you think, moving forward? You know, it's, uh, uh, I think it's always, again, the, uh, nothing has come across, you know, my desk or my computer 
which shakes the whole beds and sheds. You know, those are like, uh, you know, two of the most robust, uh, high demand, lots of money chasing, you know, assets. You know, we have immigration and, you know, uh, honestly, is, uh, you know, municipalities and, and governments, uh, you know, uh, on the senior level, which are, are have not, you know, uh, have not done well at, you know, increasing the number of units being built. So, you know, all the big money in, in Toronto, all the big REITs, they know that, you know, you know, multifamily rental in, in BC is one of the strongest, most robust things there. So that's not going down. And the same thing with industrial. You know, it's so, uh, you know, so pinched right now that, you know, we, uh, we're unfortunately losing. BC is losing to Alberta because they have massive industrial tracts of industrial, you know, property. We have nothing. And so those are the most robust. Things that I, I really look for and I think is, is the next robust for, for clients and, and people who are looking for opportunities is, you know, if you can get something that's just well located. Like we've, we've always had a, you know, a, you know, a hankering and I've seen some clients do really well with buying, you know, covered land plays. Like, you know, you're, you're buying an older strip mall that's on, you know, what, uh, three quarters of an acre at the intersection, uh, you know, of a, of, of two streets that, you know, what, in five, 10 years, you know, could be, you know, a six story, uh, you know, rental building or six story apartment building. So we, we sort of see those types of, uh, you know, properties as, as probably being the next on there. Uh, yeah. And those, those are probably the ones of the three that I would really like to highlight. Sound advice for sure. Uh, we do have this segment called the six pack. Can you stick around for that? Absolutely. The six pack is powered by our good friends over at Red Point Law. Red Point Law, Corey, Tim, Falco, Scott, and the team. These are great people with a wealth of experience when it comes to commercial closings and private lending. And I just want to say, Corey, not to cut you off, they have a perfect five-star review on Google. So for all your commercial legal needs, visit them at redpointlaw.ca with offices in Vancouver and now open in downtown Kelowna. All right, Al, we'll give you, we'll give you an easy one. We're going to change it up a little bit because I know you've been a, a repeat guest here. So we're going to have to change it up a little bit. So we're going to go favorite bar and restaurant. We're going to go Kelowna style on you in this one because I know you're always up there. I always see every time I talk to you, it seems like you're sitting up there poolside having a drink, buying another property. Favorite bar or restaurant, Kelowna edition. Where are you going? You know what? It, um, oh, what's that one that's uh, right on? Is it Oak and Barrel? Um, oh, is, it, is this the one at the, uh, the grand hotel, the big, the yes, big beautiful, that, well, that's where Adam stays. That yeah. is, I think it's called the Oak and Barrel or the Barrel and Oak. I know which one it is. Cause every time I go up there and Adam's staying there and I drive down from the Marriott, that's where I meet him for lunch. Yeah. They put me up <laughs> while I'm cleaning the bathrooms. Uh, this is, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Oak and Crew. Oak and Crew. That's Oak and Crew. Oak okay. and Crew. Yeah, Oak thanks. and Crew. Okay. So, right. uh, you know what? It's, it's tough to beat that patio. You know, the other one that, uh, you know, we had a nice one there is Rods up there. Um, Steakhouse. A little, little bit smaller, but uh, yeah, no, I think for me is that, um, you know, at the end of the day, there's nothing like looking at that lake, having a, uh, you know, some of their uh, nice Okanagan wine right. uh, and hanging with friends and family. So that's good. Agreed. Al, number two, what are you currently binge watching or a movie recommendation? Oh, Jesus. What I, uh, you know what? I actually, I just sort of binge watched, what is that? The, the new Lord of the Rings thing on, uh, on Amazon. So, oh, uh, um, dragon, something dragon. 
<sighs> something like that. So it was, it was oh. Amazon Prime. I put it in there. It's like, uh, that was not the is. HBO so they, one, the Amazon one. Okay. All right. The, yeah. the Amazon one. And it was it good. You know what? Not bad. Hey, again, I got three young kids. It's like, I got to put on like the, uh, you know, the, the friendly version. The HBO might be a little bit, uh, uh, a little bit too much for, for young kids to, you know, pop a look at that one. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so Al, something you've bought for $2,500 or less as of late, that's changed your life in a positive way. A puppy. Oh no. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you I right now. I got wound down, boys. I got wound down and, uh, so it was, uh, you know, the, the, the kids are going, uh, you know, uh, our lives aren't complete until we get a dog. And so it was after uh, two years, I relented, got a family dog, and our, our, our household is, uh, you know, much, much uh, happier. It's, so, uh, it's a cute little dog. So here's the problem is it might have cost you less than 2500 now when you acquired the dog. But I can tell you from experience, because my dog Dexter's nine now, it's going to cost you a lot more than $2,500 during those puppy <laughs> years because they're going to eat every baseboard in that house you have. And that's a big house you have. Every baseboard, yeah. Al. Every baseboard. You know, it, it sort of comes into it is, uh, uh, I don't know. We, we, we will uh, we'll see. I've always, uh, you know, first time I've ever had a dog. And yeah. So we're learning lots as, as we go. But I can tell you what, after, you know, a, a long day is like, you know, you used to come home, crack open a beer. Now it's, uh, you know, you got this uh, dog that wants to go for a walk. So it's... Uh, it's, it's, it's part of my uh, thing to maybe shed a pound or two is, is uh, you know, push that beer off and uh, take the dog for a walk. Nice. I guess I should get a dog then. No, Adam, <laughs> Adam says this, and this guy lives at F45. He's got the best jawline in the city. Okay. Yeah. From the beer. Uh, death exactly. row meal, Al. What's, what are you eating on death row, your last meal? Oh, Jesus. Death row meal. These are getting harder every, every time you're on. You know what is that, uh, you know, I, you know, I, I, I you know, I got to say if it was the uh, last meal, I, I'd, I'd want a nice steak, right? Like it's, it's, uh, I love the steaks and the Caesar salads and, you know, what the nice big baked potatoes and all that kind of stuff. If I'm going, I want to, I want to, I want to put on like a, you know, a nice eight to 10 ounce, uh, you know, nice steak. That's where I'm at. Who's the most underrated quarterback in the fantasy pool right now? Oh, Jesus, underrated quarterback, Jimmy T, who uh, uh, I'm still a little upset that somebody outbid me on uh, on, on Jimmy G the other day. His uh, first name, Josh, last name, Jawanda. Um, oh, jo- Josh from our new West office. Yeah, he, oh. uh, he, he, he popped out. Uh, ah, I'm so angry with it there. But with, uh, you know, uh, you know, the other quarterback going down, I might be able to sneak in, uh, sneak in that uh, uh, Jimmy G, but uh, no luck on that one. And last but not least, Al, some advice for somebody who's looking to get into the commercial real estate market as an investor. What would be the uh, advice that you'd give someone who's just starting out? As interest rates continue to rise, what, how do you navigate that? You know what? The uh, two things that all, well, one main thing is build your team. Um, like it's always, and, and, and you guys have seen this, man. It's the, uh, uh, it takes a team to be successful. You know, you, you need to incorporate, you know, a trusted person from the, uh, you know, the real estate side of things like, a, you know, the, you know, get yourself your, your realtor that you really enjoy, you trust uh, and do that. The second thing is, is like a, a commercial mortgage broker. You really can't 
uh, you know, invest prudently in commercial real estate without understanding the debt solution that comes into it. Because nobody buys commercial properties without debt. And if they do, they're, they're a rarity. You know, you always get, you know, in general, superior rates of return with a leveraged solution on that. That's why they have leveraged uh, returns as, as, a, as a key investment metric. So we're just lucky to be in our spot is that, uh, you know, we um, consider ourselves just a very approachable, uh, you know, commercial mortgage broker. I was just chatting with, uh, you know, one uh, person the other day and we just chat about once every quarter and, you know, it's like 15 minutes, 20 minutes. We, you know, strategize, discuss, talk interest rates, do all that kind of stuff. And listen, like, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes, uh, you know, of my time, of anybody on our team's time to just, you know, talk about things, uh, you know, meet somebody for a coffee. We'd be honored for that, uh, for that privilege to be able to, to do that stuff and just, we'll just be, uh, you know, a you know, key member on the team. And you know what? Sometimes, you know, the, the, the decision to buy isn't now. The decision to buy is in six months. The decision to buy is in a year or, or five years. Um, I'm doing deals with people that I, uh, you know, haven't talked to for five, ten years. They just, uh, you know, we we had a great time at uh, at one point, and then you know your paths, uh, you know, diverge, but then you come back again. So it is, uh, you know, from from us, those are the two key people, uh, and I think we, uh, you know, we can help steer people or give them information that they find really beneficial. Amazing, Al. So how do our listeners get a hold of, of yourself and everyone over at Impact there when they want to call you with their next commercial property purchase? You know what? It's just uh, give us a call, uh, you know, our main line, uh, or you can just call me, uh, you know, directly. Uh, you know, uh, you know the, uh, our numbers are all on our website. We're not hard to find. Uh, and then we would just sort of sit down and, and figure out what's the, uh, the best fit. You know, we, we have a number of guys here. They're all very, very capable. And, you know, that's how we would, uh, you know, we would do it. But, you know, maybe it's just, uh, yeah, like it's uh, just reach out. Don't don't hesitate. The, the time to do it is, you know, don't delay. The process is a process that can be lengthy. It can be short. Just reach out, start it today. And, you know, you, you know, clients will be in a better, uh, better spot uh, for doing that extra preparation, you know, now versus waiting, you know, next month or even next year. Well, Al, we really appreciate you taking the time. We know you're busy. And like I said, you're definitely a fan favorite on the podcast. We are podcast the people. And they were asking for Al from Impact <laughs> by name, by name. That's awesome, boys. I appreciate the uh, the kind comments on all that stuff. And, uh, you know, as always, uh, you know, love, uh, love spending my uh, time with you guys. You guys are uh, the very best. Okay. Well, thanks again, Al. Take care. Thanks so much, Al. You, Take care. You guys. Have a great one. There you have it, folks. Our interview with Al Haig, principal, partner, founder, Impact Commercial. I thought it was very informative. I took away a lot today. I, you know what? I, uh, I always learn a lot when we're talking to Alan. And yeah. uh, he's uh, helped so many of your clients over yes. the years. Yeah. And uh, we've sent a lot of clients his way as well. And the feedback is always five stars. 100%. 100%. We, I, don't think, I can't recall ever having anyone not work with Impact and have a bad experience. Yeah. They've always delivered... And you know, my investment strategy has always been is I typically will go write an offer on a property. I will call Al and say, can I get your feedback? And I'll say, Core, can't afford it. <laughs> Not the right time. Let's wait. 30 days goes by. I remove my subjects. Right. I call Al and say, Al, I owe this guy $2 million. Now, now you're in panic mode. And then, well, I'm not. He yeah, is. Yeah. There's a long pause <laughs> where he's probably just swearing into the air at this point. Right. And then he always murmurs, 
send it over. <laughs> and, and he's he's always delivered, right? So, right. No, so, yeah. A terrific team over there at Impact Commercial. Always great. Corey, what, what can people do if they want to talk about the various asset classes right now? I know we're in a transitioning market. We talked a little bit at the beginning of the show yeah. about what's going on across the board, but there are pockets of really intense activity right now. Yeah. And then there's some softer markets. What if people just want to pick your brain or talk to somebody on in uh, on your team? Yeah, they're always welcome to reach out to us. They can send me an email at coreyatwilliamwright.ca. Always happy to talk real estate. They're welcome to uh, call our Vancouver head office at 604-428-5255. Let us know what you're looking for and we'll put you in touch with the best broker in the province to service your needs. And then they can also visit our website, williamwright.ca anytime where you can sign up for the latest and greatest. And you guys got a new site too, eh? We do, yeah. It Looks was good. yeah, it was it was an eight month project formerly, you know, formerly called the Money Pit. Because yeah. every time we turned around, <laughs> there was more money I had to get put into it. But it's uh I mean, I am not a tech guy, as you can tell by my Apple iPhone one. Right. Is there's so much that goes into the back end of building a website to make things make sure things search properly. And obviously we've been very fortunate here to grow at the pace that we have and have the number of offices that we have. But we have to sort of set up for future that if there is other provinces or areas that we definitely want to see ourselves open up in, we got to start putting that back in together now. So right. what we all thought, you know, maybe not what we all thought, what I thought was going to be a 60-day project turned yeah. into an eight-month project with a second mortgage on my house. But nevertheless, the website's done. Hey, we're in one of those right now as yep. well. Yep. It's the Vancouver know. Real Estate Podcast. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're all blowing money. Anyways. Yeah, uh, take it with you. Yeah, exactly. Well, thanks for your time and thanks for listening, guys. And uh, we'll be back next week with another great episode. Thanks, guys. Subscribe today.